And stay tuned right now for those two characters of many characters, CBS Radio's Bob and Ray. And now, Bob Elliott and Ray Goulding present the CBS Radio Network. Hello, everyone. You know, oftentimes it's, uh, you read or hear about uh, people quizzing uh, people on the radio about why don't you ever sneeze on the air or do you ever get the hiccups? Did you ever have to, yeah. Just as we went on the air now, our very good sound man, uh, uh, formerly, I guess, uh, used to be with us, not counting tomorrow, sneezed as we went on the air, but you didn't even pick it up, but he, he did sneeze. You want to recreate the sneeze, Joe, just so everything is open again, and above boys? This is Mr. Joe Cabello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> See, it is a kind of a funny sneeze he had, but it did scare me. Comical sneeze. Well, we've got a lot of accidents here today. As a matter of fact, earlier in the day, Kirby Ayers, the... Strolling accordionist, strolled into the uh, young Dr. Malone operating room while surgery was in progress. Oh, boy. Created no end of havoc, I understand. He did, really? And I saw him in the hall. He said he was going to come in here. I think he did. There he is. Hi, Kurt. What you do? You walk in on the uh, Malone show? He's not saying much. He's chagrined. Lucero Torsia, our sound man, is talking to himself. Not sound man, he works the tapes and uh, the uh, transcriptions on the show. He's talking to himself today, friends. So it's a very confused Bob and Ray show. That we is everything still quiet now? Okay. Well, let's get to feature number what's, one. What's Cyril uh, talking about? Maybe if something we can help him with. I mean, we might as well. Is it something? Do you have any with? problem that you want to bring before Bob and Ray, and you're afraid to, Cyril? Just, if you want to answer, hold up your after card first. No, all right, no answer. <laughs> what is this first, uh, first feature? First, we're going out to sunny California, to uh, the land of make-believe. I was going to say that. Were you? Yeah. You want to say it? No. Hollywood. And our correspondent word car. Oh, you can really turn a phrase, Bob. You like oh, you that. can really turn a phrase. Land think, uh, of make-believe. <laughs> Well, great, great. I think great. it applies very well to great. the cinema capital. I hope you're listening, Victor Bruce Cowan. Because if Bob is ever out sick or has a bad haircut and can't come in public, I hope you can turn a phrase like that. Well, I'm trying to learn, Ray and Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Good boy. All right, then, Word Car. Hi, Bruce. Hi, Bob. Word Car is standing by in Hollywood now. So come in, please. Word Car. Word Car from Hollywood. Today on the set of the new motion picture starring Bartley Overstreet and Betty Cash. Entitled The Monster That Stepped on Cincinnati. One of the most unusual technical developments in motion pictures is about to be seen here. As a mechanical monster strides through a model of Cincinnati as it appeared in 1933. Bartley Overstreet, the star, is standing here with me. I'd like to ask you a question or two, Bartley, about what we're about to view here. We're about to see the, actually, the climax of this great uh, film. Uh, because of uh, this particular climax, we even changed the name to the monster that stepped on Cincinnati from its original one, which was it came from out of the sink. And as I understand it, as soon as the monster steps through this model of Cincinnati... He walks into the Ohio River, yes, which is uh, being uh, 
set a fire and has gasoline in it. Well, I think maybe uh, it would be better for me to explain the entire uh, set. Now, this set was built uh, to scale of Cincinnati. Uh, it costs over $11 million. One of the most complicated uh, sets ever designed, I understand. Yes, and uh, the, uh, the pity of it is, of course, that the monster will walk uh, through Cincinnati, uh, knocking down all the buildings and so forth, so that uh, this set will be worthless after the filming. More is the pity. What's that? More is the pity, I said. Yes. Well, uh, I see they're just about ready to, to uh, get to the climax and to kill this monster. Uh, we have the Ohio River, of course, the simulated Ohio River flowing by, but it's filled with the gasoline high test. 37 cents a gallon. And at a signal from the director, the river will be uh, set afire. We bought that in New York, and there was a city sales tax on it. So well, we don't need to go into that uh, particularly now, by the way. 40 cents a gallon. And uh, what we do is, uh, when the monster steps into the river, a stagehand out of view will uh, set fire Point to it. Point on the set! And they, oh, oh, Get it ready to roll! They're all set to go. Now, you'll hear yeah, the music, and you'll hear a lot of noise as the monster, who really is normal size, walks through this miniature... Sound! Action! Cincinnati. This is the take. Music! thing has happened. The Why didn't you light the river? The $500,000 model of Cincinnati has been completely ruined. <laughs> However, no one set fire to the river. Idiots! The director is tearing his hair and uh, Bartley Overstreet, the star... Why didn't you light the river? ...is practically in tears. Bartley, can we have just a final word from you? Do you know what happened or... Yes, they didn't like the river. Well, I understood that, but... And uh, as a result, uh... The entire set is the, ruined. Uh, the set and the climax of this film is useless and ruined. Well, it's certainly a sad ending to what... Well, I'll go back to the original title. So. And just use the sink set. We'll have the monster go down the sink. Well, our thanks to you, Bartley Overstreet, for explaining this scene that we've just uh, seen blow up in our faces, so to speak, and it's word tire from Hollywood back to Bob and Ray. And uh, back here, word, if you ever return to New York... We want you to be sure and meet our dear friends, the sociables. Thirsty people everywhere prefer ice-cold Pepsi-Cola. And because it's light, it refreshes without filling. Charlie, be sociable. I am, Kay. 
Pepsi is a favorite of thirsty people from Maine to Hawaii, from Alaska to Florida. Charlie. It's perfect for parties or picnics. So serve Pepsi to your guests. That's helpful. But... This is the sociable part. Keep plenty of Pepsi ice cold and ready. Remember, it goes fast because everybody likes Pepsi. Singing still sounds more inviting. May I? Be sociable, look smart, keep up to date with Pepsi, drink light, refreshing Pepsi, stay young and fair and debonair, be sociable, have a Pepsi. But singing doesn't say, pick up an extra carton of Pepsi today. Better yet, get a case. You do that. Okay. Thank you, sociables. Uh, I remember, oh, I think it was four or five years ago, Bob and I were at a microphone one day, and we were conducting a, an interview with a person who had a pet tortoise, as I recall. And, uh, and this... They uh, to trade it, didn't they, or something? That's right, and uh, it gave us an idea. While we were interviewing him, someone called and said that they'd like to make a trade or swap something. Oh, give me the phone. Hello, hello, hello. We're on the air. Don't you know that? Hello, Ray. Oh. Kent Lyle Birdley here. Yes, of course, Kent. Sam, I'm on my way back to New York, Ray. Oh, well, that uh, certainly is good news for us. to report on my progress. All right. Well, go ahead, will you? Well, I'm in Moline, Illinois now, and I expect good luck. So this, uh, this fellow gave us the idea for a swap shop. And, uh... Well, what it did was establish us, uh... A feature for radio that we've been doing for the past five years. Yeah. Who was that on the phone? It was, uh, Kent Lyle oh, Birdsley. No. World's worst radio one out there. Is he on a storm his way here? He's huh? heading towards New York, Bob and Ray. Oh, right. good. You know how he talks. I know. You know. So anyway, we're going to have a swap feature here. I'm going to put the bite on you, Bob. I'm afraid so. Sure. Anyone here have anything they'd like to swap over the radio or on this program? Yes. I, uh, I... Would like to swap an attache case that I have with you... the initials uh, B.T. Well, what would you like to swap it for, Mr. B.T.? For one with the initials uh, Z.F.M. Well, Mr. B.T., why would you or possibly F want... F.F.Q.N. Finley Quality Network. Oh, wait a minute now. I think we've got a we've got a, a fellow here that uh, shouldn't be. Uh, you work for them? Uh, yes, um, uh, we salesman. Have, we have orders, uh, out that no, uh, nobody from that network should be allowed in here. Mm -hmm. And evidently you weren't stopped at the door. I got a, had a ticket. However, as long as you have this thing to swap, why, why do you want to swap it? Well, because, uh, uh, the initials BT are not mine and there was a mistake. You mean you picked this up, it belongs to someone else? And no, uh, somebody gave it to me as a present. <clears throat> See, they thought that my name, uh, the initials of my name, were B.T. B.T., uh -huh. How they could ever come to that uh, conclusion, realizing that my name is Zachary Francis McGowan, is uh -huh. beyond me. Well, uh, if anybody in the audience has such an attaché case, we'll have them get in touch with you if you'll leave us your name. I'll stay right here. All right, maybe after this word... We'll find someone. All right. And this word goes like this. Hello, I'm Burgess Meredith. Did you know there are over three million persons in America who are hard of hearing and not doing anything about it? Maybe you or some member of your family is hard of hearing. Well, fortunately, I've never had this problem. Some of my friends and family have. 
Well, a few years ago, your excuse might have been that you didn't want to wear a bulky hearing aid. But today, it's a different story. I've just seen the new Super 60 hearing glasses developed by Mako Electronics. If I hadn't known they were hearing glasses, I would have guessed them to be regular eyeglasses. It's a wonderful way for any hard-of-hearing person to conceal a hearing loss. There are styles for both men and women. For an interesting free booklet on hearing glasses for yourself or a friend, stop in at Mako or write to Hearing Glasses, CBS, 485 Madison Avenue, New York. Don't wait until your hearing gets worse. It may be too late. Send for your booklet today. Write CBS, 485 Madison Avenue, New York. Uh, you have an attaché case with the initials B.T. Is that we right? want to uh, welcome those new subscribers yeah. to the Bob and Ray Show. And uh, well, what were you saying now? I was uh, asking Mr. Uh, McGonagall, was it? McGowan. McGowan. Uh, you have this brief, this attaché case with the initials B.T. and you'd like to swap it. No one has one. Well, in that case, uh, yeah. I'm stuck with it. So I guess you'll have to take it home. And well, uh, in that case... Uh, I'd swap a headache I got for an upset stomach. All right. Well, this feature's gone far enough anyway, sir, and you've been a very good interview. Hi, Bob and Rail. Yeah. Tex Blaisdell here. Hey, Tex. Uh, do you remember Kent Lyle Birdsley? No, I don't, Ray. Sounds a little like you. That's all? Yeah. And Is he in the music game, as I am? No, he was a famous announcer years ago on all-night programs when they used to sell balloons and... Things like that. Tomorrow, I'd like to introduce a new sound that I have. I think you'll like it. You, uh, you can't do it today, huh? I don't think this time today. All right. So you're still working in the music business? I'm still with it. We were talking about you the other morning when we were discussing the program, saying that Tex Blaisdell hasn't been around in years, seems like. So now he has. Yeah. And we'll be back uh, to say uh, so long in ten seconds. This is Ray Goulding reminding you all to write if you get work. Bob Elliott reminding you to hang by your thumb. You'll think we're going home. Bing Crosby and Rosemary Clooney are heard on the CBS Radio Network. And KCBS AM-FM, San Francisco.